The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 176. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I take questions directly from the Old Pre-Meds Forum, the non-traditional pre-med forum over at premedforums.com. This week, we have a great question about rejection after interviews. Our user today says, I've been honored to have been offered two interviews, the first to a school to which I applied early decision, the second last week, obviously late in the cycle. The outcome, I was rejected from both. Clearly, there's something wrong with the way I'm presenting myself. I practiced substantially more for my second interview, doing three mock interviews and rehearsing. I believe I was warm and friendly, scanning what went wrong, maybe too garrulous, especially as a female interviewing in very, quote, red areas. Maybe each a poor culture fit for me and the school. There was no political commentary or political turn of questions to avoid with all staff and fellow interviewees at each event. Knowing I will have to reapply, I'm starting my preparation for this journey. I've been listening to all of the Medical School HQ podcasts and understand that closing deficiencies ASAP is ideal, but I should not reapply too early. And frankly, call it poor self-study, but I am somewhat at a loss on where I have gone wrong. The first order of business I can do to improve my overall competitive quality will be retaking the MCAT, taken in... September of 2017, it will be expiring soon anyway. My total score was like 70th percentile, but I underperformed in chem phys, 56th percentile, 128 to 130 on practice exams, and biology was also average 51st percentile at the time of testing. I was deficient in molecular biology and have since studied on my own with friends, taking Coursera, etc., attempting to close these gaps. I've heard from an admissions committee, a low biology score is a marker for those who will not perform well on boards. Obviously, I was able to be offered interviews with my rather mediocre score, but to improve overall level of competition for my application, MCAT is certainly an area I believe I'm capable of making a possible 10-point improvement. But my more pressing question is how to handle further gaps. I left my career in analytical chemistry in order to fulfill gaining clinical experience, eliminating 70% of my salary, moving home with my mother. While I love working as an ED scribe and also now as a scribe leadership and training quality and continuing education, I wonder if continuing in the same path after rejection would show weakness in regards to not adapting to change after rejection. Begging the question, quote, why did you continue in the same path following rejection, end quote? Should this be a concern? One school told me I didn't have enough shadowing following my interview, although I now have well over 800 hours in the ED. My specific ED has a wide range of cultures, which I have noted people from the Amish community to patients from urban poverty and also in the ED. I feel you did get exposure to the full range of people and complaints. However, after this feedback, I shadowed family at a local clinic, rheumatology and palliative care, which is where I think I would like to land. My other activities include volunteering at a rape crisis center about 12 to 24 hours a week on crisis hotline, also as a medical advocate, volunteering, tutoring, 
local high school students as needed approximately three hours a week volunteering just a backup fill-in for delivery service for the library for community members who are homebound teaching two to three yoga classes per week as a certified instructor and working with a local doctor on his small business not a clinical practice more lifestyle related at this point i feel i am fully loaded as there are only so many hours in a week and i hope all my current activities maximize my application on gpa built a spreadsheet and figured the numbers if I did full-time class for two years with all A's, I could increase my overall GPA by only 0.7. This seems like a lot of financial commitment, time, and effort for Little Gain, especially after listening to so many of the podcasts. However, when I look at the core competencies, I did have somewhat of a downward trend in GPA in advanced chemistry curriculum, but honestly, A's, A minuses. At best, I had 4.0 semesters, but my worst semester was like 3.6. I do have a few community college courses, including 1B. I finished my BS in chemistry from a small liberal arts college in 2010 in three years. Is there a problem with how long it has been since school? I have no further research experience aside from a six-month internship in renewable fuel when I was, a chemis- uh, when I was in chemistry a decade ago. In an honest assessment, I think I am a good candidate and an affable and trustworthy person. However, I continue to receive rejections post-interview. All clinical staff with whom I am acquainted have been thoroughly supportive of me and seem to believe I have, quote, what it takes unless they are talking through their teeth. I don't know how to close the gap in gaining respect and trust as I do in my day-to-day work in a six-hour interview day. I wonder where I am failing. What more should I do in the meantime? I would love any ideas you guys have. More information to clarify some gaps in what I said. I do have some Bs, Calc 3, Biochemistry, Physics 2, the Community College, uh, A minus I meant in upper level chemistry. On the Acomas transcript GPA calculation, 3.3 in biochemistry subsection. Maybe I should retest biochemistry and sure, I get an A to show I can still earn a grade. What do you think? And I recalculated scribe hours. I am probably up to 2,500 hours in the ED. Is it time to change to a different experience? I could try to see if I can work in different outpatient specialty instead of the ED. All right. Oh, lots to break down here. So this is what is really hard about post-mortem, right? So this is a post-rejection, post-mortem. In the Air Force, we call them post-mortems in a lot of businesses and, and out in the business world, they call them post-mortems. What went wrong, right? Let's try to do an autopsy here, use some medical terms, do an autopsy here and figure out where the student went wrong. Just on a superficial level, this student is very worried about the micro details. Right? One of the last comments here, I have a, a 3.3 calculation, GPA calculation in the biochemistry subsection. Now, if you haven't looked at the ACOMIS transcript, they super duper break down every type of science course known to man. And they they really show you like where your weaknesses are if you're looking for them, if the school is looking for them. And for this student to go, I have a 3.3 in my biochemistry subsection, tells me that the student is just grasping at straws. Where did I go wrong? That's not the issue, right? You got some interviews. The biggest issue to me is that the student applied early decision. 
That's the biggest issue to me. I almost never recommend applying early decision because this is what happens. You apply early decision, you get rejected, and then you have to scramble at the last minute to hurry up and get in the rest of your applications. And just to remind you, when you apply early decision, you are applying and saying that you are only applying to one school. You are contractually saying, I'm only applying to one school. If I get into this school early early decision, this is where I'm going. It's kind of an all or none bet. And if it is none, then you can start turning in other applications, but it's already very late in the cycle. And so that is my first decision, or my first thought here, is that the student applied early decision when they shouldn't have. And again, shouldn't have in my mind is most students. She or he says 70th percentile for total MCAT score just looking that up, that's roughly 506, 507, right? Not an amazing MCAT score, but good enough for a lot of schools if you apply early enough. Early decision, 70th percentile, probably not. A lot of early decision, they're looking for cream of the crop type students. So in my mind, that was mistake number one, applying early decision. Number two, This feedback of not having enough shadowing experience, the student says, well, I was a scribe in the ED for however many hours. Right now, they're up to 2,500 hours. Remember, being a scribe is not shadowing. Being a scribe is clinical experience. It's not shadowing. So that is another thing to think about. Did you kind of mislabel some experiences and, and confuse some people, and, and really, they were like, wait a minute, scribing isn't shadowing, and you're missing shadowing, and so, yeah, you need to go and shadow. So that's another big thing. Your experiences look amazing. You're scribing, you're volunteering at a rape crisis center, you're doing a lot of volunteer stuff, that's awesome. Can you do some different type of clinical experience? Scribing is great, but a lot of schools don't like it as sole clinical experience because you're really not doing a ton with the patient, even though obviously that's the definition of clinical experience is actually interacting, quote, smelling the patient, right? Maybe go out and get some hospice experience. The other clinical experience you're getting, I would call it clinical experience, is the rape crisis center, but that's a hotline. So again, you're not technically interacting with the patient in person. You're on the phone with them which is amazing experience, but still some schools may look at that and, and frown at that as, as clinical experience. The GPA doesn't seem to be an issue, but it is old. And so graduating in 2010 is nine years ago as we're recording this, I would potentially go out and just take some classes just to take some classes just to show and say, hey, look at, look at me. I can still take classes and still do well in them. A lot of schools want to make sure that you are still capable of and you still enjoy being a student. So should you retake the MCAT? Sure. 
Why not? Do you need to go out and change all your stuff, all of your extracurriculars? Probably not. You're doing a ton of stuff now. Would I add maybe some hospice volunteering in there, uh, which is pretty flexible with hours to get close to the patient and interacting with the patient? I would potentially look at doing that. Uh, I would potentially look at taking some more classes, go to the community college, just take some some upper division science courses, whatever you can, and potentially retake the MCAT as well. Now, obviously, I don't know how you performed in the interview, so it's hard to give that feedback, but you got the interviews. Was there something at the interviews that caused the rejection, maybe? Or maybe post-interview, they looked at the totality of your application along with the other students post-interview, and they decided that you still came up a little bit too short. So it's impossible to know if your interviews caused the rejections or if your application as a whole caused the rejections. You don't know. Again, you applied to the second school late in the cycle. If you applied early, not early decision, but if you applied early to the second school and you interviewed earlier, would they have accepted you with the same interview? It's impossible to know. I would reach out to the schools and ask for feedback on your interview to see if it was an interview issue. And outside of that, I would do the other things we talked about. Maybe a little bit different clinical experience, adding that in, the hospice experience, retaking the MCATs because a higher MCAT is almost never the wrong answer. Unless you have a competitive MCAT to begin with and competitive in my mind is 510 and above. Um, And then from there, just keep plugging away. All right, I hope that was helpful for you. It's really hard post-interview to figure out what may have gone wrong. But remember, worrying about the micro details, the 3.3 in the biochemistry subsection is not something that's going to keep you from getting into medical school. Oh, the other quick thing that is in here was that medical schools want to see better bio-biochem because that is what shows you do well on the boards. I haven't seen any of that data. I don't think the new MCAT has been out long enough to have that data. Those are just people talking out of the wrong side of their mouth. So hopefully this was helpful for you. If you have a question, go to premedforums.com. Go to the non-traditional pre-med forum and ask your question there. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. 